Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hello everyone, Tara Williams here, your host of Mom Manual. I have a super mom today. That is what I'm (laughs) going to call you. It is Alicia Arat. She is the face, personality, everything behind Purely Pope. She is a holistic health coach, a Pilates trainer. She is the host of the Purely Pope podcast and (laughs) has three-month-old twin girls, Kelly and Capri. She is doing all the things, you guys, like literally all the things. You need no introduction, but Alicia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I love bringing people on who have a podcast because she's smiling at me as I'm like stumbling (laughs) through her intro. But you guys, this is going to be a good one. She's amazing. Alicia, tell us your story. Like, how did you get into being a health coach and Pilates trainer? Bring us back to the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of try to keep it cliff notes and then we can dive in wherever we want and deeper into different areas. But ever since I can remember, I was really interested in health and wellness, but I didn't always necessarily have the best relationship with it. So, you know, like when I grew up, it was very much so like I watched my mom doing like Weight Watchers and, you know, it was all like the low fat things. And I remember like at one point I did like the special K diet, you know, I don't know if anybody remembers that where it's like, you literally just ate, like it was like cereal and cereal bars and all these things. And I think that I just, I didn't really understand like what true like health and wellness was. And I always kind of associated with how I looked with how people like would treat you. Right. And so I would say, oh, well, if I look this way, then people will treat me better or treat me this way. And I think too, like growing up in that time in the nineties, it was all very like the stick thin, like models and things like that. And it was very diet culture esque. And I really just kind of fell into that. And after college, after really just not following, like I, I just kind of always tried to mold into something to make other people love me instead of like focusing on like, how can I just do things that make me feel good and really like love myself. And so throughout a lot of different, you know, journeys, I found that, you know, with food, for example, one of the first things that I really resonated to was, okay, maybe I need to start focusing on like, what do I need to add to my plate instead of what I need to eliminate? And that was kind of like one of the first big, like mindset shifts for me because mindset shifts have been so big for me in my entire like healing journey with my health and wellness. But I think it just goes beyond that. And just my overall life, I think mindset shifts have been really big. They've been really big for me as a new mom too. And then it kind of fell over and spilled over into my exercise relationship too, because I was always doing these things that I thought like I should do. And again, it's like, I've seen so many common themes that I had to learn with all my like health relationships in come up in motherhood too. It was like, Oh, well I should be, you know, working out for an hour or like killing myself at the gym or, you know, going to this class where I'm like getting yelled at and you know, that I have anxiety before and like, I don't feel great after. Mm. And I was like, you know, what if I just kind of like ditch that and just kind of treated my body in a way that was much more gentle. And like, I just moved in a way that felt good. And I focused more on the feeling versus like how I wanted to look. And instead of being 
at war with my body? What if like I tried to be on the same team, right? Instead of always kind of trying to constantly battle it. And that's when I found Pilates and I found that form of movement. And so throughout all of that, I really wanted to like start sharing that with other women because it's something that was so important to me and so transformative for me. And again, like those mindset shifts, it was just so crazy to me that I was like, wow, if I just start to think about things in a different way, I was seeing so many big changes in my life and like in my overall health, happiness, et cetera. And that's also like when I was focusing on, okay, how do I make Alicia happy? How do I show up for myself each day? That's also like when I found my husband, when it was just like, when I wasn't looking for that at all, you know, which I think is what usually happens. And then eventually I became a health coach at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Wait, Alicia, I want to pause you for one second because as as you're talking through this, I'm I'm nodding my head and yeah. things that are ringing true for me. What year were you born? 1990. 1990. Okay, so when you talk about growing up the 90s, I was born in 86, so a few years okay. before you. But I remember like Cl- Clarissa Flockhart. I don't yep. know if that if you were a little bit younger than that, but she when you talk about that stick thin. It was like, it was bones and my body is more of an athletic build just naturally. Like that's not what I looked like. And I could never look like that. Like even if I starved myself, like my body, I mean, I would get skinnier. Maybe I could look like that if I truly starved myself, but like, I was never going to do a diet or an exercise and look like that. And I think that when the Kardashians came out, I know now it's cringy, but they were in 2008, I feel like they came on the scene and they had these more normal, like curvier bodies. And Mm -hmm. at first it was a really great thing because women were celebrating like, oh, I have curves. They clearly went a little too far, but (laughs) that's what what anyone says. Kardashian's a different dialogue, but I am so like, I am just hearing you and I'm like, yes, that was me. And I feel like I've walked such a similar journey to you. And I'm part, I'm wondering, like you said the nineties, is it the time that you grew up or is it the age that now that we're in our thirties, we're like, we don't care about those things anymore. We're more mature. So I'd love as you're talking and telling your story, if you kind of say like, when I was 25, I did this or 30, cause I think it'll help our listeners just like better understand where they're on their own journey. A lot of women listening today are either pregnant or moms, first time moms. Yeah. They're probably about the same age as you and I. So yeah. sorry, keep going. Cause I'm loving this. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like when I really first started to kind of shift of like, okay, I'm not doing things like for other people, but I need to start doing things that felt good for me. I was probably when I was around like 25, 26. Cause then I met my husband around 27. And, and so, because I think too, I've noticed this about getting older. It's like, I think getting older is such a blessing. And I think like the older I get, I think the more confident I get in my decisions, the more like secure, I feel the less I care about like making other people happy. And the more I care just about like, okay, what's actually going to fuel me and make me feel happy too. So I think you have a good point there of like, I think that the older that you get, and obviously it's not the case for most people, but it's been my experience, the older that I've gotten, the more confident I've gotten like in those decisions too. And then really kind of moving from there. It's like, I think I launched my business when I was 27 too. I launched that, but I didn't initially launch it to be a business. I just kind of launched it because my friends, my family, they were always kind of as I was kind of going through these changes, I think they started to kind of see these changes that were happening in me. It was something that I was super interested in. And I was actually in the events world when I, when I first did it, I was in the corporate event world and like kind of planning all those things. And I was like, you know, 
I'm just like thinking about all these other things outside of work. I wasn't focused on, you know, what I was doing and I just wasn't passionate about it anymore. I was like, I don't even want to attend these events I'm planning. And so I, my friends and family were continually asking me like, you know, what workouts are you doing or what, how are you doing this or how are you doing that? You know, as it pertained to health and wellness, it was my now husband that was like, you know, why don't you like start sharing this online? Like, it's a really cool opportunity. And I had started to work for a startup too, that was now then wellness event. So I was like, okay. I'm kind of moving right in the direction. And I was getting to interview people at live events that are doing, you know, like wellness influencers and like nutritionists and RDs and all these types of things. And so I wanted to really document that experience. So that's why I actually launched Purely Pope. And then from there, it's like, I actually decided to become a health coach. I think when I was 28 is when I enrolled in IIN because then I just wanted more, it was like, as my audience was kind of growing and as people were asking me more questions, like, I majored in communications. Like I had no idea I wanted to go down the path of health and wellness when I was in school. And I was like, you know, I want some validity behind this. And I knew a lot of people that I admired in the space that were health coaches. And that's when I kind of went through that. And and at IAM, they had this concept called bioindividuality. And that was like such a light bulb switch for me. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to school or when you're doing something, it's almost like I went through like a health coaching program myself when I was becoming a health coach and that bio-individuality piece of learning that kind of like what you're saying with Clarissa, right? Where it's like, no matter if you ate the same as her, like did the exact same thing as her, like you would never look like her because you are not her. Right. And, and that's where I was like, okay, how can I actually nurture and nourish myself, like mind, body, spirit, everything in a way that feels good to me, because like what works for this person isn't exactly what's going to work for me. You know, does that make sense? Like, and so that was really the, the, the health coaching thing and kind of down the line, then I decided to get certified in Pilates because I wanted to really share that and share like the mindset piece of things too, in my teaching. Yeah. Cause I think what we see pretty commonly and you reference, like you loved it and you were doing it and it didn't start as a business. It just started as a hobby. I think you hear that yeah. a lot for women who are fashion and lifestyle influencers, right? Mm -hmm. And now I think we're at a point where it's a very established industry. And, you know, when people say, I want to do this, like a lot of people go into it now, like I'm going to have a business and this is how I'm going to do it. But probably, so what year was that? Probably five, six years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was about six years ago. Where you started. And so it wasn't like totally established, the influencer or, or creator. But I think that's, it's, it's like, when you're doing something you love, you don't feel like it's work and it's a hobby. And then it just snowballs into being a business. Mm-hmm. Um, I I actually have a funny story. I think I shared it on here one time, but I attempted to be a fashion influencer. This was in- Oh, I love that. It was so goofy because if you like knew me in high school or college, like sure, I care what I look like, but I'm not into fashion. Like I wasn't reading fashion magazines and I wasn't curating outfits. You know, I was just like, oh, what's everyone else wearing? Like white shirt and jeans. Okay, like that looks good. So again, I cared, but I, I remember seeing, it was Rachel Parcell an article came out about her and it said she made a million dollars through one channel in one year. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. I kind of look like her. I can dress like I dress like her, you know, similar. And yeah. so I went into it with this business mind where I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, cause I want to run a business. And yeah. it was just the entire time I felt like I was swimming upstream because mm-hmm. it wasn't, it just like, was not my passion, but I love this idea where it was your passion and Tell us how the evolution to 
evolving like into a business and the coaching, like how did that all kind of go? And and then I guess that brings us closer to today, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 So in terms of it kind of becoming a business, I launched it. And I think for like the year as it grew, just more people were asking me for advice that I didn't necessarily like know them personally. You know, I was very comfortable giving like my friends and family advice and stuff like that. But when people started asking me, that's when I was like, okay, I want to get some certification. I want to get some validity behind the things that I'm sharing. I want to be able to provide more value, you know, because it was really important to me to share like all of these things and lessons. Cause it's never been like a, Oh, like, look at me and what I'm doing. It's been like, Hey, like I've been there and I want to help other women get to that place. And I, especially too, like at this point when I launched it, I had a little niece. And like, I think now too, especially like with my daughters, I think about that, about how much I just want that landscape to change, you know, of, of the health and wellness space. And so I really just wanted to help other people. And from there, it just kind of like, as I became a health coach, then I started coaching on the side. I was still doing the wellness events. I was the director of events for a company called Hello Wellness and brands started reaching out to me and wanting to do like posts and things like that. And so I, I, I wanted to partner with brands, obviously that I, I felt really good about. And so it started off as just like the donations. Then it started, like, I was like, Oh, like Googling, like, what am I supposed to charge for this? I don't know. You know, it's like, that's cause that's as also you grow, too- you're following an audience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you never know too, like what, you know, I'm like, what do people charge? It's kind of like the wild, wild west out there, you know? And, and now it I've been able is. to like, right now, yeah, yeah. It's, it still is. It's like, it's all over the place, like what people charge for certain things. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So I can do this. And so I was still doing it as a side hustle for probably the first like three years. And, and that's where it's, I think, I think is important too, like what you were mentioning about being passionate about something that you're doing on the side, because I was doing it after doing like my full-time job, you know, at nights and on the weekends and things like that. But I didn't mind doing it because it was, it's what I was so passionate about, you know? So it's like, it took all that time of it being a side thing to then kind of grow into something that was able to happen, you know? And so then 2020 rolled around and events were not a thing anymore. And so the company that I was working with for the, the wellness events had to shut down. There was just not necessarily like there, like we sold brand partnerships to be at events and that was really the main revenue driver. And so that wasn't really a thing anymore. And everybody was doing things for free too. If you remember, like people were hosting like free events or, you know, free services, whatever. And so I was like, you know what, why don't I offer a month of free health coaching? Because Mm -hmm. I had like two clients on the side. And so, and I had like recently got certified and I was like, you know what, I think that's like the best way to learn. And I noticed a very common theme of like women that were coming to me. And I had like a hundred people sign up for a month of free health coaching. And so I kind of developed into that and, and just took away from that, what people were coming to me for and built a health coaching program from it. And I started to really kind of market that. And then from there, later down the line, I wanted to evolve that. I wanted to do something. Obviously I love health coaching. I still take one-on-one clients, but I take them a lot less frequently now, just because my lifestyles changed a little bit now that I have twin baby girls and, you know, like with my, with, you know, just wanting to have a little bit more freedom in my schedule and things like that too. And so I thought, okay, how can I do this at a very, somewhere, somewhere that can be scalable. And I had always wanted to get certified in Pilates. And so that's when I launched my on-demand platform that 
that it's health coaching, but also Pilates. And so it really fuses in, it fuses in all of my health coaching concepts that I like teach to clients, but it also has like my Pilates and like my body loving Pilates method and teaching women. And I'm just really cognizant about like the language that I use and things like that in that so that people can almost like get that health coaching mindset stuff while you're moving your body. So I think about it more so as like a moving meditation sort of thing. Mm. And so I launched that about, it was a year ago in May is when I launched it. So yeah. I love that. Well, I'll definitely have to check that out. And I know at the end, you yeah, have a code for us. So stay tuned for mm-hmm. that. Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep. The Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. Use code MOMMANUAL15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? Okay, you said something that piqued my interest. When you started working with these women for their free one month, you said mm-hmm. you noticed a theme that kept occurring. Yeah. What, what was that? The theme was that it was a lot of women that had a very like negative relationship with food because it was something where it was like, I had about a year prior been like on a diet. So it's like, that's just part of it too. You know, when I was talking about like all of my, you know, like growth throughout the years, like I actually, I mean, now that I started my account, like six years ago, when I started it, like I was still going through things. I was still growing and learning, et cetera. Like I used to do this like crazy diet, you know? And so it was a lot of women that we're still kind of coming off of that and dealing with like the residual effects from that. And so that's when I kind of really started to put pen to paper. And I was like, okay, what are the things that I did that really helped me get to the place that I'm at now? And kind of started to write down like, okay, what is that? And what are the like actual steps? Because I think like I was almost in it, just like kind of coaching myself. And I was like, you know what? Like, why don't I eat that like thing anymore that I used to love? Okay. Like, let me add that in. Let's see how that happens. And I started to realize, oh, that's like an addition mindset that I started to do, you know? So I kind of looked back retroactively and saw like that, what was helpful to me. Yeah. I I'd love to talk about that addition mindset because that's something I've never really thought about. And, yeah. you know, adding something to your plate, I, I tried to think when would I have even ever done that? And it's more, you know, and, and I'll share my relationship with food really quickly. So growing up, I was super, super thin, like stick thin. And I remember my grandfather used to say, you need to feed that girl. And it's so funny. Now I have two, I have two daughters and I have two sons. One of my daughters has my exact body. Like literally it's like a miniature version of me. It's, it's actually weird. Her face looks <laughs> like me. Like she, she is a clone of me. And yeah. 
she eats so much food and she is just like real thin. And mm-hmm. then my other daughter definitely has a little more meat on her bones, I guess you'd say. See, now I'm yeah. like, oh, what's the right like way to say this? It's kind yeah. of, um, and she's definitely not overweight by any means, but she's just a little bit, I would say like a thicker build. And then as I got into high school, there was definitely, when you talk about these mindset shifts, for some reason, I decided I needed to be thin. Mm-hmm. I had always been thin, but I'm five, seven. And my two best friends were five, two and not even five feet. And so even though I was thin, I was always bigger than them. If that makes sense. Yes. I almost mm-hmm. think, gosh, I keep referencing the Kardashians, but if you think about like Chloe, the really tall sister, and then you had Kim and Courtney, the short sisters, where it was like yep. they were cute and petite. And then you kind of have this bigger one. And that was me. It was like, yep. we were always joke. We were like the Kardashians because we were all together. And we, you know, we all have the dark hair. <laughs> so I always just felt big, like a yep. big presence. So going back to that, like nineties, like stick thin, like, even though you would look at me and say, you are thin, like I would never have that body. Like I do have more of an athletic build. I played soccer in college and I started dieting right mm-hmm. in high school. But my friend here, her, her name's Amy. We're actually going to a, a bachelorette party for her next week, which is so fun. Cause these have been my friends since like sixth grade. We, we always, we've joked about it so many times over the years. We used to make these salads and the salads were like 3000 calorie salads. Okay. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So much dressing on it. We'd put all these nuts on it. And we'd put like two cans of tuna fish, like all yeah. this stuff where it was, it was healthy stuff, but then you add on all these other things and all of a sudden it might be healthy or not, but it's just like, it was so many calories. And so I had always thought like dieting meant like eating healthy or restricting. And then I remember at one mm. point I did like the calories diet and I will never forget. I used to eat hot dog buns because they were hundred calories and I'm like, Oh, hundred calories. Okay. Hot dog bun. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh, that is so unhealthy. There wasn't even anything. Yeah. Like we'd just be like, Oh, hundred calories. That works. So yep. I think for me, it all went downhill when I, when I started to diet and then mm-hmm. through college, I played soccer and we were pretty regimented on what we're eating and things. And then it wasn't until after college that I had such a similar experience to you where I, and you know, I wouldn't even say after college, it was more like into my thirties that I started doing yoga and Pilates and like these more yeah. classes. And I don't even think about eating now. It's just like I eat and I choose healthy things and it's fine. Yeah. I don't have that. Like I'm going to restrict and binge restrict and binge kind of thing, which I feel 100%. like is like the dieting where you, you don't have enough. And then either you're starving or you just feel like out of control. And it's not that I was tearing through my pantry, but it was like, you know, I'd have half a tub of ice cream and like seven cookies. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful because I had no sweets at all today. Like just yeah. have a small sweet and be kind of satisfied. So Anyways, that was a very long tangent on <laughs> that. I was always, it was always restriction though. It yeah. Was never that idea. Even right now you just said adding and I'm like, tell me more. So how yeah. did you come to this mindset shift? And like, I guess for somebody listening and even me, maybe like, what exactly does a mindset shift mean to you? And do yeah. you have it? How do you implement it? Like, tell us all about that. 
Yeah. So I'm, I, which by the way, I'm five eleven, and I completely mm-hmm. resonate with you on the like thing about being tall yeah. when I was in high school, it was like, all my friends were a lot shorter than me too. And I think that like added into it too. It was like, Oh, I'm just like the big one. And I remember my mom would always tell me, she's like, roll your shoulders back, like stop slouching. And I think I just always slouched almost like try to be smaller in a way, instead of like, kind of have that like presence too. So I totally resonate with you on that. But in terms of the addition mindset, like when it comes to food. So because I had always focused on and like with the diet culture sort of thing, I think it's so focused on, you can't have this, you can't have that, you know, like remove this, remove that, like carbs are bad, sugar is bad, et cetera. And for me, it's so funny because that like elimination mindset, I don't think that it just stays with the food. I think that like that almost like, like lack mindset spills over into every other area of your life too, without necessarily thinking about it. And so I was like, you know, what What if I just kind of shifted this and thought, what do I need to add? And, and here's the thing. It's like, I think I'm a very intuitive eater and how I coach like my clients and what really helped me is you can have like the gentle nutrition side of it too, of you can understand how like to build a plate nutritionally to like balance your blood sugar, to like fuel your body, but also do it in a way that's going to satisfy you both emotionally and physically. So like when I'm talking about like, what do I need to add to my plate? I would look at it and say, okay, like maybe I'm missing some protein or maybe I'm missing some fat, or maybe I'm missing some fiber, or maybe I'm missing some greens or like whatever. And then from there, like, what else do I want to add to make me feel both full and satisfied? So maybe that is like a bagel or maybe it's some chips or something like that, you know, that's going to satisfy me as well. But I'm also making sure that I'm like, I am also kind of giving my body what it needs, what I know it needs to feel really good from a place of like blood sugar balance too, if that makes sense. So it's like, it's doing it in a way where it's like, okay, what can I add? And of course it's not going to be perfect all the time, but it's like, what do I need to add there to feel both full and satisfied? And with the mindset shifts too, kind of going off of like your other question, it's for me, it's just it was changing the questions that I was asking myself. Right. So kind of asking myself, like, what do I need today to feel good? And that's like, kind of like one of my common themes of like, okay, like, what do I want to add to my plate to feel really good right now? You know? And sometimes that might be like adding a donut or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's going to change depending on where you're at. But I think it's like when you, especially too, like when you were talking about like the binge restrict, like when you give yourself that freedom and like you remove any sort of rules and you just give yourself the freedom of asking yourself in that moment, what is going to make me feel good? Cause that's been another huge thing for me is that it's like, I've learned that as women, we are not like stagnant beings. We're not stagnant creatures, right? So it's like every single day, our needs are going to be different, whether it's like how we're moving our body, how we're showing up, how, like what we need to do, what we need to eat, et cetera. Like we change so much. So I think like boxing ourselves into like, oh, you have to eat this one way every single day and like this label, et cetera, you have to do that. It just felt like so constricting for me. And I think just giving myself that fluidity of like, what is going to feel good today and allowing yourself to kind of be flexible with that has been really big. Okay. So, oh my gosh, so much good stuff. So one thing that popped into my head right now is like the gluten-free diet, right. Or just being gluten-free. It's super popular. And I do have a few friends that have, I mean, I have one friend that has celiac disease and like, she can't have anything. I have another friend who truly has a gluten allergy and you know, there's a lot of restrictions and she, it, it seems as she's getting older, she's having more and more allergies. Now it's dairy, now it's cocoa, like all these different things. But I do feel like that's kind of a trend, trendy type thing. So what do you see today 
that you would relate to that. You know, we talked about the nineties trend and all I can think is that like sugar-free yogurt, you know, like all these things. (laughs) What do you feel like is a trend today that in 10 years, we're going to look back and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that. (sighs) That's so hard. I feel like for a lot of like women, I think like the first thing that comes to my mind is like maybe intermittent fasting, like, because Mm -hmm. I think that there are benefits to it. But I think that especially for women, like there's so many periods of our like life and our cycle that like, it's actually hurting us much more than like helping us. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that kind of, that's like the first thing that popped into my head. I'm sure there's so much more than that. Like, actually I was just talking to somebody the other day. And, um, if you're in the LA area, then like, you know, it's like the air one, like the specialty, like smoothies and stuff like that, that are like, really just like all the things in them. And you're like, do we really need like all of those things? Like, I feel like sometimes it's like, we're almost overcomplicating it. You know what I mean? By adding in so much stuff, but, but yeah, that's the first thing that kind of popped in my mind is like the intermittent and fasting, like how were we just like starving ourselves and not eating until like noon, you know, yeah. and just kind of like bring those hunger cues. It's, it, it's, it's a random thing. Like the intermittent fasting is like, who came up with that? And why does anyone think it's a good idea? And it seems like it makes sense, but I do think any of those trends or fads where you're like, wait, then it's probably not going to be legit, but I will yeah. say the intermittent fasting. I mean, I participate in that to some degree, but it's more just because during the week, I'm at my desk. Um, And so, you know, going back to my husband is saving to me. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm going for a golf tournament. Lucky guy. Um, For the talking about like constriction, right? I go back and forth on this because on the one hand, I want to be Steve Jobs. He always wore the black turtleneck, right? Every day. So I'm like, I want to have and the weekends I am different, but during the week I'm super regimented. So I almost want to have five shirts that I just go in my closet. I get my shirt, I put it on and that's what I wear. I yeah. know every morning I have oatmeal. I know every day for lunch. I just, so it's like easy. I don't have to be mid work, midday, mid zoom and be thinking, Oh, what am I going to prepare? What am I going to make? Am I going to eat? Am I not going to eat? So talk to me a little bit about how you, you know, for that busy mom or just that busy anybody nowadays, how do you have a balance between not feeling constricted, not getting bored with what you're eating and like, you know, going with the moment, like you talked about. So in terms of that, I always, I've been doing this thing lately where I I do like a loose version of meal prep because I understand that it's like, yes, you want to have something that's like super easy. I mean, I've realized that so much with twins. I'm like, I barely, I mean, they're three months old right now. So I'm like, I barely have time to like pee or like answer an email right now because it's just like kind of nonstop as we're trying to figure out their schedules and stuff and they can be unpredictable. And I'm like, okay, I need to prep things so that I actually have things to grab. But I also, you know, to that same extent where it's like, you don't want to get bored. Right. So I think about it as like this loose meal prep. So what I'll do is like in the beginning of the week, it's like, I'll go to Costco. They have so many great, like organic vegetables, organic proteins, et cetera, that I'll grab there. And I'll grab like, say like three veggies. And like, I'm, I'm thinking like very logistically about this when I'm choosing the things, like I'll choose things that like do not need to be cut or do not need to be like prepared. Right. Cause I'm thinking about like, how can I just like save the least time possible? So I got these like little tiny potatoes that like don't need to be, you know, all you do is wash them. I got like string beans that like don't need to do anything with them. Or like, you know, the little baby peppers, I could just wash them, throw them on a sheet pan, like Brussels sprouts, like just have to chop them in half. Like, you know, like things like that, that I'm like, okay, this is going to be super simple to prepare as well. And I'll roast a bunch of different veggies, keep it super simple with like spraying with avocado oil, salt and pepper. And then what I'll do too, is prepare a few different proteins as well. So maybe that's like, 
you know, shredding some chicken, boiling some chicken. Maybe it's like cooking a few different like wild salmon burgers, making a chicken salad, something like that. And then, so I'll like kind of mix and match that throughout the week, you know? So it's super easy. And then also I'll kind of supplement that too, like with, you know, maybe some like prepared meals that I get from like a meal delivery service or something like that. But I think that it's nice to have that. And then also like building in for those times that you actually do just want to like order something, you know, where it's like, I'll run up, I'll, I'll actually plan out like, okay, like maybe two nights or two, two lunches this week. Like I am going to grab something out or, you know, we're going to want to grab something or order in or whatever it is. But I think like being flexible with yourself, but that's where it's like thinking about it as a mix and match meal prep is what I always think about now and having like different like sauces or condiments or like, I love primal kitchen. It's like a very healthy, like, you know, they have so many good dressings that you can throw together, or, like throw on top of things for a little bit of a different flavor. And just think about kind of like keeping it super simple because I think that sometimes people can get so overwhelmed. Like I need to like prep five different meals and I'm like, no, absolutely not. You know, just by just kind of like batch prepping some things is what I do. I love that idea. And, and, you know, it's, it speaks to me so much as a, as a single. And when I say single, I mean like person without children. (laughs) So I love that for me and your, your children are baby babies, like three months old, which by the way, if you guys can't see her, she looks glowing and fantastic for having (laughs) twins who are three months old. Um, I'm thinking through even with my own, you know, I have four kids. So they're five, eight, nine, 10, you know, they want to eat like not the food that I want them to eat. They want chicken fingers. They want pizza. You know, they want the junk stuff. And so I'm really trying to just buy things that aren't pre-packaged. So like everything we buy, even if it is a pizza, it's like, fine, we'll do pizza, but we're going to buy the dough and then the sauce. So it just, to me, it feels healthier. I don't even know if it is, but these meal prep services. Talk to me a little bit about that. Cause I always felt like those had more sodium and like probably aren't as healthy, but what do you, is there one you love or is there a healthy one? Tell us about that. Yeah. So there's this one called cook unity that I've been trying out lately a lot. And I absolutely love them. They're like chef prepared meals and they come right to your door. They're never frozen. And then you just like heat them up. You can heat them up in the microwave. That's super easy. And they're all ingredients that like I would choose to use at my own house, you know, which is great. And then also too, like you can choose different like dietary preferences. You can choose, say, if you want to do paleo, if you want to do keto or like whatever it is that you want to do, you can choose that. So that's one that I really like. And then another one that I think is like nice. I, I actually don't use it that often, but my parents love it and like swear by it is green chef. That's another one where it's like, it all comes and you can choose the option to go organic for like the produce and the meat too. And it's one that comes with like everything like chopped and prepped or whatever, but then you just kind of like put it together. So that's, if you have like a little bit more time, you can do that. And I feel like there are some like kid brand ones too, but I'm like blanking on the name of them, but cause I'm not there quite yet, but I'm sure that I will get there too. You know, it's, I just think it becomes so expensive. We have four children. We have an au pair who lives in our home. So it's, you know, it's a fifth child, but it's a a lot of people to feed. It's just a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, we, we go to Costco every week and it's like two gallons of milk. You know, we have, I guess we get like 48 eggs. I mean, there's just, there's just so much food happening here. So these, I love these ideas, but I do think it's, it's something where you need to make the commitment to say, like, if I'm going to focus on my health, I need to make an investment in food. And that's not just going out to eat, like eating at better places than McDonald's. It's in your home. So it's like searching for, you know, there's a few things we'll do. Like I 
will never do any hormone meat and mm-hmm. always organic milk. And like, we try for organic, you know, fruits and vegetables. And we look at the dirty dozen, you know, those few, yeah. where I'm yeah. like, oh, like maybe we can get the non-organic bananas. Cause we peel it off, but what, and I don't know if that's in there. I can't think off the top of my head, but I think it's like picking and choosing, you know, where you're going to spend because now sure. everything is so expensive. Like it's milk. So expensive. Be, I don't know. Milk now I think is about in California, I think eight or $9 a gallon for one gallon of milk for organic. So it's very expensive. So there's a little bit of a commitment there, but I'd love to hear Alicia, like today, a day in the life, what you ate and then, or or maybe yesterday, if you remember, like just the moment you woke up, all the things you drank, ate, consumed. And if you have vitamins, can you throw those in there for us? Like I want for all your health things. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about this. Okay. So I'll go through yesterday since today we're only like halfway through. So we have a full day. So yesterday morning I had, I get like the sourdough English muffins from, um, Erwan, but it's like, I love like a brand called food for life baking too. Like I like their Ezekiel muffins. So I had an English muffin with, um, cream cheese, avocado sprouts, tomato, as well as I actually prepped. And this is something I was thinking about. I prepped on Saturday, like an egg bake where I roasted a bunch of veggies. So I roasted like mushrooms, diced asparagus, basil, tomatoes. And I just mixed that in with like a ton of eggs and just like baked it for, you know, cause then we just had something that was super easy to grab, cut it up into like little squares or whatever. So I had a piece of the egg bake with that for protein as well as coffee. I love, um, layered superfood coffee. So it's like organic. Cause that's, that's in my opinion, one of the most important things to get organic too, with a little bit of almond milk. And then in terms of my supplements that I take in the morning too. I had a, I do Quinton minerals. Have you heard of those? Oh, tell us what are those? So basically it's like as humans, like one of the things that we're missing the most is our essential minerals. And so these are like seawater minerals. So it's a lot of it is like the electrolyte drinks or any sort of, you know, like I think like trace minerals are getting like more popular now too, but they're what we need. It's like what we were created from essentially. And so I take the seawater minerals every morning on an empty stomach. So I had those as well as like some water. And then I do seed symbiotic. So it's a pro and prebiotic. Yeah. And then I also take ritual. I'm still taking a prenatal afterwards. I'm still breastfeeding a little bit right now. So I'm, I did my ritual and then I also am like, so I've been like low on sleep lately, of course, like with three month old twins. So I do the beekeepers naturals, like the immune throat spray. So I did that too. I think that's all the supplements that I did. And then for lunch yesterday, we had, I prepped chicken salad in the beginning of the week. So I used like primal kitchen mayo and I just said like rotisserie chicken, diced some grapes and um, celery. And I had a chicken salad on top of like a bed of arugula with mm-hmm. some tomatoes. And then I had simple mills crackers with that. Simple mills is like one of my favorite, like if you are getting any sort of like snacks or anything, they have such great like snacks, pancakes, etc. And then from there I had a snack in the afternoon. I had some cottage cheese and apples with almond butter And then for dinner, I had prepped stuff. So I had sweet potatoes I had roasted, like purple sweet potatoes, and then Brussels sprouts and string beans. And then with that, we made a salmon burger. So that was like from Costco in the freezer and had Primal Kitchen stuff with it. So it was like none of it was any prep. It was all stuff that I just kind of like threw together as I just pulled it out. 
And then vitamins at night or nothing at night for vitamins? No, nothing at night for vitamins. I do actually, I forgot one thing is that I did get in a workout yesterday and I always do the amino acid. So I do like an aminos drink by Keon and I love their stuff. So that's really good for like muscle recovery and, and building muscle. So I did the aminos too. Okay. Talk to me about that a little bit. Cause I keep seeing this on Instagram. I, I wasn't sure if the amino acid was a brand or yeah. <laughs> if it's actually, tell me what is this? I think there's a lot of different brands that have them, but my favorite is Kion. It's K-I-O-N. And basically like to get the most out of it, you want to drink it like 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after. Um, I think there's a lot of supplements that have the amino acids as well, but basically it can like boost your energy, which I'm like doing everything to boost my energy right now. And then also help you with building muscle. So I've been really focusing on getting like enough protein because I think like as women, I don't think we, we get enough protein and especially with breast feeding. It's like, I'm sure for anybody, it's like, you know, that you burn so many more calories too, when you're breastfeeding and you can just, I've never been hungrier. So I try to like satiate that with a lot of protein too. And so the amino acids help to basically rebuild your muscle, give you energy, all that sort of stuff. So. Okay. So you drink this before and then do you do a pre-workout or is that also a pre-workout? That's kind of like a pre-workout too. So I, I just like drink that while I'm doing Pilates and throughout, like in a little bit after too. Got it. And then no, nothing recovery after no vitamins before bed. You just go right to bed. Yeah. Just go right to bed. Okay. I I'm on like a whole vitamin regimen. I'll show that another day with everybody. Okay. (laughs) I got a um, nutritionist. No, not a nutritionist, a functional medicine doctor. Mm. I actually had adrenal fatigue, which, you know, four kids running a business, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. My husband, um, makes sense now, but This is so amazing. I could talk to you all day. We are, this has been a long episode. So I want to let you go and get back to your little three month old twins. I cannot (laughs) believe you have three month old girls. Um, You look fantastic. So we didn't even get into Pilates. We're going to have to have you come back on and (laughs) another one, but you did have like a code I think, or an offer. Tell us about Yeah. That. Yeah. So I have, I kind of talked about it a little bit. So my platform is purely you. So it's on-demand body loving Pilates and motivational health coaching. And it's only $9.99 a month too. I wanted to keep it like super, super affordable for everybody. Cause I think that it should be like accessible to anybody and these ideas and methods. And like, I dive so much deeper into all of the things that we kind of like grazed on today. And so, and there's also prenatal friendly workouts. And I'm, by the time this comes out, the postnatal workouts will be out as well, like a postnatal recovery program. That's like focusing on your pelvic floor and deep core. And I did all these workouts like before pregnancy, during pregnancy after. So I think it's helpful to, to go to, to, to move with somebody and like move your body in a way throughout pregnancy, if you can to, to really just stay feeling really good. So you can use the code dreamland to get a free month of purely you, if you want to try it out. And then plus that will go on top of yours. Yeah. That will go on top of your seven day free trial too. So, um, it'll be like five weeks free. Amazing. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us today. This was such an awesome episode. We're definitely having you back to talk all things plotty another day. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me.